Our world is changing. With increases in human population and wealth, we've reached record levels of production and consumption. As a result, this has placed significant pressure on our natural systems and biodiversity. We are seeing the effects that the take-make-waste approach of the current linear economy has, and we are facing ecological and social challenges on a scale not seen before. New design methods and radical changes to the way we do business are needed if we really want to solve this. Today's guest is leading the way with 20 plus years experience in global strategic brand development, human-centered design thinking and emerging disruptive technology. She's founded Circularity with the purpose of empowering problem solving for a radically changing world. Following a career as a chief strategy officer in 2017, she undertook a master's of technological futures at the Tech Futures Lab with a focus on developing a methodology to unlock the circular economy advantage. She has a bachelor's degree in economics, a master's of commercial law, a master's of applied technological futures, and an IDEO certificate in business design. We're not designing circular systems in her sleep. She's mum to two daughters, wife of a novelist, and an amateur home gardener. To talk about the circular economy and what it takes to change the world, please welcome our guest, Louise Nash. Hi, Ollie. Thanks for that great intro. So tell me, how did you get interested in sustainability and the circular economy? I'm going to uh, try and not make these like 30-minute answers because they're, they're such beautiful questions. Um, essentially, the, the answer to that um, really just relates to the awakening of, of my why and my purpose. And it, I'd like to start there because it's essentially working in the communication, advertising and design industries in my career there was a kind of this unsettling thing that everything you were creating might have been a little bit broken at the end, right? And and I and I definitely wanted to find a better way. Um, and I really I took the, a moment to fall in love with the environmental problems of business as usual, and really started digging deep on why they were caused. You know, was it human behaviour? Was it the products that we created? Was it the materials? You know, what was it that sat underneath of that? Why did we end up with all these environmental problems? Um, and I sought to solve them. So naturally problem solving them. Um, and I really wanted to create an alternative framework that enabled businesses to, to come out and design for these better kind of outcomes. Yeah. So, I mean, just quickly for listeners who might not know this, the circular economy, which ties into this, can, can you, can you explain a bit more about that? Ollie, you gave me the challenge of being able to describe circular economy in 30 seconds, and I'm not sure many people have been able to meet that challenge, but I took it on. Um, so here goes. Uh, a circular economy is one where the resource flows of an economy are circulated so that they can either be reused to restore technical resources like cars or uh, your toaster, or they're used to regenerate living systems like food, soil, oceans, and our air. So that's my 30-second version. There's a longer version. So like, shall I elaborate? <laughs> sure. Yeah, why not? Uh, one of the lines that I like is that uh, the nature of a circular economy means that everything that is made can be unmade to be made again. And this idea mm. of circulation and circular flows is very much true in nature. Um, and we see that through 
um, the growth of our forests through also natural um, growing of our food systems, you know, that haven't been artificially interfered with. You know, like a compost system, for instance, you take your food, you compost it, it creates nutrient-rich materials that can go back on your food or on your or to grow the grow the vegetables further. Um, but unfortunately, we're not in that situation, particularly with the production of goods and services um, in our economy. And in fact, as you mentioned in your intro, um, they're produced in a linear fashion, the exact opposite of a circular fashion. They take resources from the earth, we make products, and then the majority of those products go to landfill at the end of it yeah. and back into the earth, um, not in a regenerative way. Isn't um, it crazy, you know, like, like nature is circular, everything's circular, yet humans come along and we've, we've created this linear thing. This, it's, just, it's just so strange, isn't it? It is utterly strange. And, and also one of my aha moments in terms of the study of this, um, when I did try to kind of point, you know, what's the why? You know, why did this happen? What went behind it? Um, and and what, I, what I uncovered is it's systemic. So we actually built an economy. We built a system that was designed in this way. It was purposeful. It has, you know, grown over time. The industrial age um, expanded this. Um, but yes, it's in complete counter to the natural world. We almost, as as humans and as consumers and citizens, we almost, it's so hard to go outside of that linear system. And hence, when you try to be more sustainable, you know, almost like everywhere you turn, it's, it's more and more difficult. Um, and no amount of communication is going to get us out of it. In fact, it's a blunt instrument for this problem. So we're kind of so, yeah, we're so far down this linear path that the, the further we go, the harder it is to, to turn it around. Absolutely. And the only solution that I uncovered is the redesign of the system. And um, there's this wonderful book um, by uh, this, this guy, Doc Duncan. He's an ex-Oxfam guy. He talks about impact change um, in systems, and, and he's an ex-economist, um, well, still practicing, actually. He talks about this idea of positive deviances within the system, and whenever they moved into emerging markets and tried to, you know, solve things like inequality or resource issues, they looked around the system, they identified people or organizations within it that were making the system work for them. And that yeah. happens in nature too. Those animals that manage to adapt and survive within, you know, very challenging natural situations, and they continue to grow. And those exist within um, our human system as well and our industrial system. Um, so how we bring those forward, how we unlock those, um, and 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 help them along. And so that I mean, so that leads us to to talk a bit about about circularity, right? Because this this is um, your response to this problem. How did you go about starting up and getting that together? Ollie, you mentioned that I um, had done a Masters of Tech Futures. So it really it really started with sitting at my desk and, and kind of almost banging my head against it. Um, <laughs> the reality was, is every brief um, or every project that came across my desk, I wanted to redesign the system. You know, as soon as I sort of started thinking this is all a bit broken, you know, no amount of creative problem solving or packaging design or, you know, new way to connect with consumers was going to solve this. It was still going to end up in the same outcome. So yeah. I, um, 
you know, the, I, I went through a series of the universe is telling you something and, and you need to be somewhere different kind of moments that, you know, some of us encounter in our lives. And I knew I had to kind of take myself away from the day-to-day. So I went off and did this master's uh, of Tech Futures at the Tech Futures Lab in Auckland. Um, and essentially that became a framework for me to study this, to look at the different tools and methods that were out there to help businesses redesign for a better future. Um, and I reviewed those and within three months of that, I decided that there was no business out there that could help um, help solve these challenges. And I reviewed different kind of consulting models and different sustainability roles um, and then through my interviews, the businesses just kept saying, no one is solving this for us. No one can help us do this. No one is bringing this forward. Um, so I promptly turned around and registered Circularity. The, the name came to me quite quickly um, yep. and just started to work. So even before I finished the master's, I started on my first project um, with EcoStore and that became a journey with, you know, an incredible brand and an incredible team that we could learn together how might we explore circular economy principles, how might they apply to new product development, you know, how might we embed those principles into an organisation. Um, and through that, Circularity was born um, and we, have, we oh, haven't cool. stopped since. So that was November 2018, yeah. Yeah, and what, a, what an awesome first client on the books with the EcoStore. Um, I'm sure you've you've worked with the, a few other exciting businesses since then as well. Can you pick any other favourites? Yeah, I mean, probably um, like many of the people listening, your your favourites are almost the job that you haven't or the project that you haven't undertaken yet. You know, you're kind of wistfully <laughs> thinking, I could, I you know, I'd love this kind of project. Um, but definitely, you know, some really really cool things that we've been involved with. Um, is we've worked very closely with one of New Zealand's biggest window and door um, aluminium manufacturing companies, um, APL, um, so privately owned business, 50% of the market. Um, and we got involved with them primarily to help tackle their packaging waste. Um, now, there's a number of businesses that have this problem and often they think, well, we just have to go find an alternative packaging um, material um, and we'll go buy that and it's a procurement thing and, and off we go um, but like the conversation at the beginning unless you understand the system unless you understand the need and the functionality and the role of the packaging um, you generally should try to eliminate it first um, and you can't do that if you're you're trying to find an alternative to the existing status quo so we worked with them really closely on interviewing um, what ended up being 15 business units under APL. Um, yep. So every part of the manufacturing, um, understanding why the aluminium needed packaging in the first place, how that was used, um, how that f material essentially flowed through their business um, and out to customers, and then identified key junctions where we could either eliminate that material, uh, circulate it, or innovate it and create something you know brand new that would help protect the aluminium from marring um, before it ends up in your home. That's that's really cool. I mean, it, it just goes to show there's there's so much to it. It's not it's not as simple as just analysing. Um, you know, the material comes in and goes out. There's there's a lot of human factors and different you know decisions going on behind the scenes and so how how do you go about about unpacking that is it like a lot of interviews is there a bit of a methodology you've had to come up with yeah there's um there's definitely and there's kind of two th things that we bring to the table that's quite unique um 
one of them is our is our um, process. So we we sort of go into a business um, and uh, what we do, we go into a business and we interview their team. And there's some key things that I'm looking for, like, you know, everyone will be looking for, you know, what are waste streams and they do waste audits and things like that. But what I'm really listening when I talk to businesses is around where their passion and their energy lies to solve these things. Um, because as we know, um, even just identifying these waste streams or identifying ideas and opportunities, it means nothing if the people that um, you're working with don't have any energy or passion to implement yeah. those solutions. So that's probably one of the key things that I'm really listening out for their core capability and strength. So like with APL, um, you know, we worked very closely um, with a woman called Michaela there, who is incredibly passionate about this stuff, but she has a massive, massive team and organisation to help drive. But what we we unearthed from from talking to all their staff is they have this incredible capability and can-do attitude, and they're almost like a maker community because they are part of an industrial process. So they are hands-on in the tools. So if we could provide frameworks with them to help design better products, um, they would get on with it. They'd get busy with it, right? And that kind of ideation and prototyping is very a natural part of, of their process. Those are the kind of things I'm listening for in our process. Um, in our time with businesses. So we're not trying to force anything on them. Um, we're not trying to bring in other solutions and collect commission on those. That's not yeah. our model. Um, and then the other part that's on the side of that in, in terms of how we unlock these solutions, because you can go online and you can read about all these kind of circular economy innovations and there's you know, literally thousands and thousands. And, and what I did as part of my master's is I bought all those case studies of those new circular innovations together, looked at the different disciplines that were involved, you know, whether it was technology or, or scientific thought um, or, you know, discussions around human behaviour and designed a methodology we call Circular by Design. And it's six methods that we walk businesses through and by walking through those six methods, you can explore what your circular advantage might be. I guess, you know, in design, we look at finding competitive advantage. This is circular advantage, which um, can also be translated to competitive advantage as well, right? I love, I love that phrase, that circular advantage. I consider the competitive advantage at the moment is, is, a circular, is the circular advantage. Um, we, you know, now more than ever, we have consumers and citizens wanting to be an active part in, in a better future. Um, yeah. And there's more transparency. We're more aware than ever before around the impact um, yeah. on, the, on the environment. Um, so for me, I feel like there's a, the, the customer, the consumer, the citizen is well ahead of, of business in this space. So I'm, total, I, I'm totally in agreement with you, but um, there's still a lot of business people out there who, who haven't quite cottoned on to this. So how do you go about getting business people to think circular and invest in this when they're operating in a linear economy? I mean, that, that must be a day-to-day -day challenge. So how do you overcome that? Interestingly, I mean, it's been a couple of years since we've been at this. When we first started, uh, I had a lot of opportunity to come in and present on the circular economy for a number of big organisations in New Zealand. Um, and, and generally speaking, they said, oh, wow, that sounds really interesting. 
<laughs> and then they let yeah, me right. do it. Yeah. yeah, that sounds great. I, I should read a book on that. Um, and then I was like, oh, my goodness, I have to get these projects up and running. These businesses have to see what this means in reality. They they have to visualize this future and they have to understand it for them. Um so, so for me, the, the proof of this is in the case studies and in the work and in the, in the, in the solutions yeah. um, and being able to de- demonstrate those. So, you know, very early on, you know, from those presentations and speeches I gave, I was like, right, I have to go find those businesses that are, I call them the coalition of the willing. They are there. They just need to be empowered and, and have the capability built within them yeah. to, to design to this future. And that's been our focus at Circularity, this this new breed of business that is ready to go. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, you might want to lead that, and I can help, is, is that's what led us to create the concept of, of X-Labs. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you, yeah. you, um, you've done this, right? So the momentum is building and you, you got together 25 Auckland businesses to co-create the circular future. Tell, tell me more about X-Labs. Yeah, so with this need to demonstrate to the market what a circular future looks like for different industries, for different businesses, so that they can see it, so they can touch it, so they can actually understand what the advantage is for them. We uh, were approached by uh, Auckland Events, um, Tourism and Economic Development, known as ATEED, uh, to really scale up our work and think about how we could build this capability in the Auckland market um, for Auckland businesses, uh, which you can imagine there's a wide range of them. You know, there's a whole bunch of SMEs, there's a whole bunch of owner operators in there, and there's yeah. massive, massive organisations in the Auckland market. And they said, you know, how might we grow the circular economy for Auckland and, and what might that look like? And we designed a couple of couple of prototypes of it, um, which involved some pen um, drawings on some napkins in, a, in an Auckland cafe. And, um, you know, I, I put forward a couple of options. And then they said, you know, this is the one that we're after, the one that we can create um, a space for business to come in and experiment what circular economy looks like for them. And I said, well, if we're doing that, we need to design to a, a, a new system and there needs to be different industries in there. It needs to have different size businesses, different challenges, and they need to be working alongside together solving those, those challenges unique to their business. And that became the pitch and, and further proposals and, and much stakeholder management along the way. And, um, and we'd, we'd literally just finished it on, on Friday. Um, and that, yeah, and obviously, you know, Blender um, was involved in it, which was was just awesome, as well as a number of different creative collaborators like Milk, um, and also Scion and Akina, and you know, we brought together this this fabulous group um, across the country and overseas to help support twenty five New Zealand businesses towards this. Yeah, it was it was a pleasure to to be involved and and see some of the uh, thinking that was going on. It was. Very cool, and and um, hats off to you for bringing together so many businesses from various industries and collaborators as well. I, I had a really good day last Friday listening to the pictures over over Zoom. For like for you, what was the most surprising thing that came out of um, the whole X Labs experience? <laughs> that it worked. Um... <laughs> that, that you did it. I joke, uh, but not right. So I mean, it's ambitious, right? And um, but you did oh, do it. Yeah, you, but this is the reality that we face, Ollie. Like, 
Um, if not who, you know, if not when, you know, it's all of those answers to those questions. Someone, you know, you, you've got to you've got to stand up and take responsibility and and own the part that that we all individually can play with our own capability um, to support, you know, this this better future that we need to need to get moving towards. Um, so yeah, the biggest highlight for me for for X Labs was seeing the the shift in mindset from the businesses in the room um you know we are individuals you know first and you know we all come from our own homes and our own family situations and then we turn up at work and you know we have these work priorities and um deliverables and and what i hope to bring with the next labs was the chance for those business teams to connect on all those levels um, to bring an experience to them that was very holistic. You know, we had people going to the OMG gardens um, and learning around, you know, how to how to create and grow their own food, as well as, you know, bringing forth new smart materials from Scion um, with Dawn and Mark, you know, showcasing the best, you know, capability and knowledge um, around um, biomaterials in this market. And so those... Those were, you know, the collision, we call them the, the collisions, the collaborative collisions that took place inside the lab um, that made all the solutions possible because they're like little yeah. sparks of ideas that just popped for people, you know. Um, and so the unlocking of the mindset, I would probably say, is the high, highlight. And then, yeah, on Friday on, on pitch, pitch day when the teams, you know, my, it was almost my work was done, you know, it was over to the teams, they all had 10 minutes to present their circular solution. They had all worked with a circular by design methodology and they were presenting to their senior stakeholders. You know, yeah. we had we had Evie Maritime presenting to the likes of Bob Harvey and Alec Tang, you know, on, yeah. on a circular future using uh, with their electric ferries for Auckland. And it was amazing to see, you know, the, the reins handed over to them and, and as they continue. The unlocking of the of the mindset so opening the eyes unlocking the mindset and then you, you sort of see this turning point right with it with the people just click and they're like I, I get this and then and then it's over to them and they're, they're into it totally because this is a natural flow you know i i remember reading um there's a great book on legacy on the on the all blacks journey um and it talked about the when the all blacks came out of you know, some terrible losses and they moved through into the World Cup and, and ended up winning it. And what were those deciding factors that went into, into their win? And it talked about this concept of flow and it was the first time I'd ever sort of heard it outside of, I guess, <laughs> yoga, really. <laughs> you know, we always talk about flow and yoga and all those kind of things. And I thought, oh, my God, flow. Like, you know, and I thought about that concept of workflow, you know, when you're flowing at work and when you're feeling really in tune with the work and it's just happening without you really working too hard at it. And yeah. what I would what, what I would probably say when I see people in the lab, you know, using these circular by design principles is they end up being in flow because it's how things should be moving. They, they should be thinking about, you know, what living systems their business interacts with because they are, they are interacting with them, you know, and by denying that they're, you know, not part of the land and the water and the air around them and, the, you know, the living creatures is against flow. So, you know, I would probably challenge all those businesses that ha that aren't in tune with that, that that's probably making them pretty unhappy about their probably role. Probably quite stressful, yeah, 
quite stressful, yeah. not natural, is it? It's definitely not, not not natural, yeah. So a country like New Zealand, I mean, I feel that we can lead the way in this. Like, what for New Zealand, what would a circular future look like? And, and how will our designers play a key role in that, do you think? Well, um, I guess one of the, the – I, I'll, I'll probably say first and foremostly, um, I've worked in many places around the world and I, you know, I've loved my time working overseas, but I came home to work with New Zealanders um, and that's absolutely my choice because I love our very strong connection with the natural world. We have it innately. Um, there's a lot of data around you know, why, what are the factors that cause people to protect the environment? And it all talks to the fact that we, um, that you have a relationship with the, with nature and the environment as a child. Um, and I think a lot of New Zealanders have that. And so, you know, I, I love that. And I think we have that got going for us. So, yes, I think we can actually do it in New Zealand more ahead of anybody else. Um, yeah, I really think we can. We can and we can leverage our, our sort of unique setting to do that. Yes, um, because if you're more connected to the land and you're more aware of your living systems, you're more likely to care for it. So somehow we need to take what we do in our leisure time, you know, when we go walking or when we go to Rotorua or when we go skiing, and we need to take that feeling or that approach and that mindset into the work that we do. And that's probably where the disconnect lies for New Zealanders. And, you know, we, we go go to our work and we go, you know, we, we're very entrepreneurial and we love to create new things, but we leave a lot of those belief systems behind. Um, so I think there's an opportunity to join those up. A circular future for New Zealand essentially means that there is there is zero waste in our system, um, that, you know, everything we produce, um, we're able to recapture and regain greater value off it um, more than once. You know, so if we decide to produce shoes or if we decide to produce carrots, we're thinking about the second value creation after that and then the third and then the fourth. And that's where greater equality can be gained in our economy um, because those 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 second and third lives open up new opportunities um, for jobs and for businesses. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, there's a big social impact as well, right? It's not it's not just about the environment. It's, it's about people as well. So I think... Yeah, the, the impacts are, are widespread. Yeah, this is. I often talk about that the circular economy is a as a human potential story, um, and that's why. So you know, in our methods, we bring together um, not only the you know the natural world and thinking in closed loops. You know, so how we bring things back and, and recapture yeah. value. Not only smart materials. You know, so how we use renewable materials, um, how we reuse them, how we repair them. Um, but also how we think about technology and how we bring that forward. Um, and all of that is a story of human potential. It's us to do. It's it's our job. <laughs> it's absolutely our job. And yeah. um, what's some advice for designers who um, or anyone who wants to step up and, and, and make an impact? Well, you're, um, my first thing is, you know, get reading. You know, there's, there's an incredible wealth of resources out there. Um, find out about this stuff. Um, we'd love to support designers in this market. Um, we at Circularity we do a, a cute little thing, well, not so cute, but maybe it's cute. Um, called Circularity at, and we can come in house and work with you guys essentially as your circular strategy team um, to unearth these projects um, with your clients 
um, or to work on these opportunities so we can support designers. Um, but the reality is, is that, you know, designers um, work with a series of constructs, you know, around the object um, that you are designing to. And the key is, is bringing in circular design principles into that, you know, thinking about your material choice, um, thinking about where it's going to go um, at, at its end of life, how might you remove end of life, um, how you might design things to be modular and adaptive um, so that, you know, you might be designing um, a theory um, for now, but that theory might become a street cleaner at night. You know, how might you kind of use those principles to keep things in use? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, it sounds simple, but it's it's just that mindset, isn't it? You've, you've got to look through the lens of, of um, a circular economy and and start thinking wider than just um, you know traditional product requirements like cost and user benefits and things like that. It's, it's social, environmental. Yeah, and I think that a lot of designers do consider a lot. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, I think this is just a, a lens that potentially many designers are already thinking and feeling and trying to work with. And I guess, you know, this is a construct um, that puts some shape around that, yeah? yeah, so that you can you can point to it and you can go, you know, this opportunity um, will unlock this area and that will enable us to, re our customers or, you know, our citizens to reuse these things. And there's a lot of help out there, like you say, so like reading um, the Alan MacArthur Foundation yep. is, is quite a good, um, good resource. It's Any, definitely... Anything else you'd suggest? definitely the best um, there's a circular design guide um, that the Ellen MacArthur Foundation put together with IDEO uh, and there's a, a series of explanations and videos on there um, that's that's super helpful but I would also just encourage you you know I I am a learn I learn by doing um, I consider circularity in the work we do one giant experiment every minute of the day um, yeah. So I would just encourage um, designers to be thinking, okay, cool, well, what have I got on the table today that I could work on? Um, a lot of the design community globally have picked various products to completely redesign and, and taken them out of the lab and, and done research projects to explore new material usage and things like that. So there's a lot of opportunity. <laughs> so where to next for, for you, Louise? What's, what's next? X-Labs is uh, up, so... Yeah, I know. No, I gave myself a day. <laughs> um, I was, I was very, I was very fortunate. I mean, obviously, uh, from a timing perspective, we took X Labs from, uh, you know, full day workshops, which was a design sprint essentially, um, over ideation and, and prototyping. And because lockdown happened, we had to then take all 120 of us into the virtual world um, through prototyping and then pitch presentations. Uh, so then I had a day off <laughs> after all that and uh, luckily it coincided with lockdown uh, level three and so we went to the beach which was really awesome and I swam and then I realized it's so cold now and we we missed yeah. out anyway um, my, my swimming and my day off aside uh, we have two projects on the table that I'm, I'm particularly excited about um, I think for anyone the the idea of designing a living system is um, is the ultimate, right? And so I've been, um, we're doing some work with the Bay of Plenty Regional Council and Aquaculture New Zealand and, and MPI. And 
we're going to undertake um, an assessment opportunity for uh, the aquaculture industry. You know, what would a circular economy look like for aquaculture and yep. thinking about how we can regenerate our oceans um, and unlock, you know, new value um, out of that that is restorative and regenerative. So that's a big project um, yeah. that we're doing in the next couple of months. Um, so, you know, a whole new topic. Um, I haven't looked at aquaculture before. Um, whole new, you know, learning opportunity. Um, but with these kind of core base principles, it's like you, I know what to be looking for. Um, and, you know, fantastic, fantastic opportunity for New Zealand. Um, I've, yeah. I'm, pitch, I'm pitching to do a circular ski hill. So I'm adamant that I'm, I'm going to um, be able to help create a circular ski hill for the New Zealand tourism industry. So I'm working behind the scenes to make that a, re, a reality. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, and I've been asked to develop X Labs um, 2.0 and think about what that looks like um, for uh, more businesses to come in and experiences experience what we went through. Oh, that's exciting, and that's fantastic because it sort of goes to show how well it worked. Yes, you. Um, it's a it's 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 a good feeling when you haven't finished a project which was about a week ago and, and someone asks you about when you're going to do it again. <laughs> when, when, season, when season two coming out. When season two coming out, yeah, when you're already <laughs> thinking. Everyone binge watch season two. <laughs> yeah, definitely we had everyone binge watching and uh, <laughs> and now we, we have to write the next script. Yeah, so I mean, if, if that comes on board, will you will you get the chance to, to um, do the ski field? Because I hear you're trying to switch from snowboarding to skiing. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, um, <laughs> I'm almost speechless on that one, Ollie. Yes, so I am a snowboarder, um, but unfortunately I had a shoulder injury, which makes <laughs> pushing myself up off the hill even more challenging now. And yeah. I, tr I learned to ski last year, and I was like, my God, this is so easy. You literally step <laughs> off the lift and you know, you don't even have to clip yourself and off you go. So yes, I'm I'm working on it. Look, hopefully this uh, this crisis has kind of forced us to um, to take a bit of a different perspective um, and start thinking more circular in, in our day to day. Um, just just the fact we're kind of starting to think about supporting local business, getting the tourism industry up and running. Uh, the, the same can apply if we start thinking a bit more about you know about our environment and making more circular choices. Definitely, definitely. I think the the localism is a is a key part of it, and and I mean even just the the awakening of the unconscious mind um, to yeah. your choices. You know, I've been watching closely around uh, you know all these new kind of platforms that have popped up to help support local businesses, and equally the the backlash against you know things like Uber that are charging thirty percent. And, this, yeah. and the the real awareness of that, um, and and then people you know switching out of that, um, and the, and those options. And I know for myself, you know, to see you know many of my friends from the media industry lose their jobs. You know, we've lost Bauer Media. You know, there's a lot yeah. that are on the on the fringes at the moment. And I think, my God, you know, like ten years ago, we had a huge amount of multinationals move in here and haven't paid tax in this country. And you know, where were we fighting them back then? Um, so without getting too political on that, um, I do think there's that, that opportunity now to reconsider our choices um, and, and make some good decisions for, for our country. 
Absolutely. Nothing like a good crisis to, to drive some innovation and change. Yeah, absolutely, Ollie. Yeah. Hey, th- thanks, Louise. It's been such such a pleasure talking to you today. Um, the future is bright. I'm excited to see Xlabs V2. Binge watch that next season. And, um, <laughs> and um, yeah, thank you so much for the chat. Yeah, thank you, Ollie. It's an, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Designers Institute of NZ podcast. Keep an eye out for the next episode. We'd love for you to share on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And where you can, tag the Designers Institute of New Zealand. If you're feeling really generous, give us a rating on iTunes. It really helps to get the podcast out to new listeners.